good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and today is Wednesday, the 9th of February 2022, and we'll start off with the nationwide daily COVID report. There were 17 more COVID-19 fatalities and 10,398 new cases reported the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced on Tuesday morning. This compared with 12 COVID-related fatalities and 10,470 new cases reported on Monday morning. The 17 new fatalities were between the ages of 25 and 99 years. Now, as we said, 10,398 confirmed cases, 3,899 probable cases by ATK, so we're looking at approximately 14,500 cases and 17 deaths. There are 202 cases were from abroad. Out of the 94,243 patients, 43,218 are in hospital. There are 527 people in a serious condition, with 111 on ventilators. Chonburi Public Office is reporting 610 confirmed cases, 474 probable cases and no deaths. Most confirmed cases are in Chonburi 126 cases, Siracha 145 cases and Banglamung Patia with 118. There are 4,820 patients in care. And the Phuket Health Office reported 566 new cases on the island, out of which 413 are local and 153 are from abroad. There were no new deaths. And there are now 4,510 people in care. And moving along to the first story of the day in regards to the truckers rally and their demand for lower diesel prices and the uh, ousting of the Thailand energy minister. Hundreds of truck drivers associated with the Land Transport Federation of Thailand flexed their muscles in a show of truck power today in an attempt to put pressure on the government to cap the pump price of diesel currently at about 30 baht per litre to 25 baht. The truckers were joined by numerous taxi drivers who are demanding that the government lower the price of NGV and extends the serviceable period of their vehicles from 9 to 12 years. The protesting truck drivers converged in the morning in Nakhon Patam province on the Bangnatrat highway and at Bangpa in checkpoint before heading to the energy ministry. To prevent the trucks from reaching the ministry, the Metropolitan Police closed off the parallel road in front of the ministry. Many police have been deployed at the scene to maintain peace and order. LFT President Apichart Prairong Gruang said that the truckers wanted the government to cut excise duty on diesel instead of giving each of them a 3,000 baht subsidy per month, noting that the provision of the compensation is not sustainable. After a long time of having their demands and grievances ignored by the government, he said that the protest today was intended to demand the ousting of the energy minister. He warned that if the minister fails to give them a response addressing the hardships of the people caused by rising oil prices, the truckers would return in the next seven days and they will be accompanied by more than just trucks and taxi drivers. He also warned that the federation would increase transport charges by between 15 to 20% if there is no response from the government within a week. He claimed that the federation had already proposed how the energy ministry could help ease the cost of truck operators, but to no avail. Director General of the Land Transportation Department said taxi drivers want the ministry to consider cutting the retail price of natural gas for vehicles. 
to extend the service period of taxis from 9 to 12 years and to allow them to put advertising on their vehicles so they can earn extra money. And moving along to poor air quality in 53 areas of Bangkok surrounding provinces Lat Prao the worst. 53 areas of Bangkok and its surrounding provinces are experiencing air pollution today, with the amount of PM2.5 dust exceeding the standard 50 micron level, with the level on Lat Prao Road the worst according to the Pollution Control Department's Air for Thai website. The department said that the air quality in and around Bangkok is considered to be between moderate and a level that may pose health problems, with the amount of PM2.5 being measured at between 39 and 74 microns, including 52 areas where the amounts of PM2.5 dust had exceeded 50 microns. The Centre for Air Pollution Mitigation, meanwhile, is urging people in and around Bangkok to avoid outdoor activities and to refrain from burning any waste in the open. Those who are at risk should not leave their houses unless they have checked the air quality first. High levels of PM2.5 are common in Thailand during the cooler months from December to February. So it's bad enough that we have to deal now with uh, COVID in the country and, you know, going outside and doing your everyday life. Now you have to contend with the uh, terrible levels of air pollution that are in Bangkok as well. So yes, living in Bangkok is currently not easy for people. And this is a very common situation that happens every year and it seems the government have absolute no plan to deal with it or to make people's lives better the same thing can be said of Chiang Mai and you know areas uh, up north where they have the burning season and nothing is ever done about it it's just irresponsible of any government to continue to allow these things to happen without addressing them and trying to fix them for people and as we've seen they have the power to do things because this pandemic has shown us that the government can use any rules and regulations it likes and any laws it likes to get things done so this is something that should be at the top of their list of things that should be sorted out and laws should be passed to ensure that people have the right to a decent air quality when they go outside. And next up, mild asymptomatic COVID-19 cases not entitled to claim under new insurance rules. Thailand's Office of the Insurance Commission has issued new rules which take effect on February 15th, limiting compensation claims by people infected with COVID-19. Patients who are symptomatic or have mild symptoms being treated in hospital or in home isolation and are without doctor's certificate stating the need for treatment in such facilities will not be covered by the medical care or compensation scheme. Assistant OIC Secretary General said that the new rule is in line with the Public Health Ministry's guideline for the care of people infected with COVID-19 as revised on January 4th which has resulted in a change of the conditions covering claims. Under the previous guidelines all COVID-19 patients were considered inpatients and were entitled to claim medical expenses and compensation for the loss of income during this period of treatment. Under the new guidelines, however, the patients must meet specific requirements to be able to claim. For instance, he or she must have a fever of over 39 degrees Celsius for more than 24 hours or their breathing rate is more than 25 times per minute or the oxygen content of their blood is lower than 94%. He said that the Public Health Ministry's new guidelines will cover insurance policies issued by life and non-life insurance companies regarding medical expenses and compensation, but do not cover the found-paid-done insurance policy for COVID-19 infections. 
People who took out found paid done policies and were found to be infected with COVID-19 by means of RT-PCR tests at hospitals can still claim medical expenses and compensation from their insurance firms. And a story that has been uh, hitting the media a lot over the past few days, it's the assassination of the Indian gangster here in Phuket. Now, the Crime Suppression uh, Division from Bangkok has been sent to Phuket to help local police in the investigation into the murder of a foreign man who was shot by two gunmen, also believed to be foreigners, at a villa in Rawai sub-district on Friday night. The Royal Thai Police are also stepping up the hunt for the gunman who shot dead the foreign national. Police General Suat, chief of the National Police Chief, arrived on the island yesterday to supervise the investigation into the killing of Jimmy Singh Sandhu, who was gunned down at a beachfront villa at Rawai Beach. Police said the attackers were hiding in Phuket and officers are now tracking them by CCTV footage in the province. The victim was previously identified as Mandeep Singh, as found in his passport according to reports. However, Canadian authorities said he had been stripped of his Canadian nationality after being found involved in criminal activity, police said. Police said the killing likely stemmed from conflicts between rival gangs and two suspects. Likely foreign nationals are being sought, noting they were captured on a security camera following the attack. According to police, the victim known as Slice was believed to be a member of an Indian criminal gang operating in Thailand involved in the drug trade, human trafficking and other violent crimes. Police said the victim stayed at the villa 15 days per month, paying 100,000 baht a month to rent the place. He drove to and from the villa several times a day and was frequently visited by two foreign women, they said. In the villa, police found brand name handbags worth hundreds of millions of baht, three Apple mobile phones and a rented red MG car. They also found many footprints in an empty house near the villa. Police Colonel Kritsana, a deputy police spokesman, yesterday said that officers were working closely with Canadian authorities on the investigation. He said uh, the initial probe showed that the gunman used two types of guns, a 9mm and a 38mm pistols. The attackers were likely to be foreign nationals, he noted. He said the victim entered Thailand on January 27th via a private plane and noted that police have not ruled out any motives behind the killing. Police Lieutenant General Ampol Borpon, Commissioner of Provincial Police Region 8, said the victim likely migrated from India to Canada when he was a child. He said the victim was also wanted by Indian authorities for alleged drug trafficking. So the plot thickens in this whole story. It seems to be a case now that obviously he was assassinated by two foreigners here on the island, which would probably make sense. It does make you wonder the level of information that Phuket immigration get in relation to people coming into the island and kind of knowing what exactly is going on. This particular guy who was killed seems to have a long, long criminal history. So you'd wonder how on earth he was able to get into Thailand. I mean, we do take fingerprints when they come into Thailand all the time. It just seems that Thailand's databases are just not connected up to anything else other than their own database, which means they don't know anything about anything going on around the world. If you read articles about this guy, he's gone to prison in Canada. He was in prison in India. He had a vast criminal history, and yet he was still able to freely make it onto Phuket. And I wonder how long he has been coming onto the island, doing this 15-day stay and then leaving. Surely that had to set off some kind of warning signals at immigration when he was coming in and out on a private plane so often. Surely something like that would be, who's this guy coming in on this plane? 
Can we check him out a bit more? Is he actually going through immigration? What exactly is going on? But it, it, it seems if you're a criminal, you can certainly make it through immigration in Phuket quite easily. Now, if you're a visa runner, you know, hopping over and across the border, they'll pull you aside and deport you. But criminals seem to be very easily able to make it onto Phuket Island and into Thailand for some very unknown reason. Or maybe there is a known reason. What do you guys think out there? And next up, tour bubble plan in works. The government will open discussions to set up travel bubbles with China and Malaysia this month to attract more foreign visitors following the resumption of the test and go scheme on February 1st. Government spokesman Tanakorn Wambunganchana said on Monday authorities will discuss the details of a possible travel bubble agreement with China's Ministry for Culture and Tourism. Talks will also be held with Malaysia later this month, he said. The number of visitors allowed to visit Thailand under the travel bubble arrangement will be capped and their movement will also be limited to certain areas to prevent fresh COVID-19 outbreaks, he said. Under the new travel bubble arrangement, tourists won't have to quarantine upon arrival, but their entry will be subject to special protocols which regulate the kind of visa they can use to come in, where they can stay and which flights to take. The Prime Minister is confident that Thailand will remain one of the world's top tourist destinations despite the pandemic and the government will support efforts to revitalize tourism with an emphasis on public health and safety, he said. The Association of Thai Travel Agents had previously said that international arrivals may exceed 5 million this year if the government launches travel bubbles with Asian countries as the test and go scheme alone won't be enough to attract tourists who still have to quarantine upon returning. He said that the Ministry of Tourism and Sports predicted that the number of visitors under the scheme will rise to 60,000 between this month and next month, which is the country's peak tourism period. Preparations have been made to welcome tourists with the Visit Thailand Year 2022 campaign rolled out to promote tourism, the spokesman said. Mr. Tanakorn further said that General Priot will chair a meeting of the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration on Friday to consider the easing of more virus curbs so more activities can resume. The Deputy Prime Minister and Public Health Minister Anatan Sharvakul said the Public Health Ministry won't propose the lifting of all virus restrictions at the meeting as daily infection figures remain high. However, the ministry will change the way it reports infection numbers so people can go about their daily lives without too much worry, Mr. Anatan said, before stressing that daily reports will still be based on facts. He said that even though daily infection figures have soared to more than 10,000, the number of deaths remain low. About 80% of those who died were not vaccinated or belonged to at-risk groups, such as people with underlying health problems, he said. Mr. Anatan said that about 85% of those who tested positive for COVID are asymptomatic and most are self-isolating at home. Therefore, we don't need to bring back lockdowns. Only nightlife venues, such as pubs, bars and karaoke parlours, won't be allowed to reopen just yet, Mr. Anatan said. The Permanent Secretary for Public Health said that the COVID-19 situation remains under control with a fatality rate in the current wave standing at only 0.2%. That said, it is still important for people to get a booster shot to prevent the worst effects of the virus, he said. Meanwhile, the Director General of the Ministry's Department of Disease Control said the country will have to start to move on. The situation has changed and people now know how to protect themselves. We can't afford to be bogged down by COVID like in 2020, Dr. Opus said. Now, as the rest of the world 
reduces their restrictions, reopens borders, allows people to enter without PCR tests or, you know, really any kind of restriction, Thailand are talking about travel bubbles with China and Malaysia. Most countries have written off China for the next year to two years because of the manner in which they've been treating COVID there and trying for this COVID zero policy. We see a couple of cases in a city, the city is locked down and 20 million people are given PCR tests within two days and that's how they're handling the situation. Borders have been closed, it's very difficult to get into China and it's very difficult to get out of China. But somehow the Thai government believe that China are going to let their citizens freely come to this country, which has a lot of COVID, certainly a lot more than the numbers are reported. And the Chinese, of course, will know that. And they're certainly not going to allow their citizens to travel to Thailand and freely travel back without doing any form of quarantine. Thailand has this test and go program. And clearly by the way they're talking, they know it's not good enough to attract the amount of tourists they need. So it makes you wonder why they're not looking at reducing the restrictions. As I said, most countries have given up on China. China don't even have a travel bubble with Hong Kong. And the Thai government think for some reason that China are going to have a travel bubble with them, but they won't have one with their own island province beside it. Not going to happen. Again, Malaysia are also going to be reducing restrictions, so they have no need for a travel bubble. The easiest way to spur tourism in this country, because they clearly think it's something that they need to do, and as we have spoken about so many times, is just start dropping all the requirements that you have in place in relation to this test and go program. Australia's opening up, Philippines have opened up, Cambodia are opening up, Europe's all opening up, America's opening up, Mexico, they're all opening. And Thailand is still talking about travel bubbles. Sometimes I feel like we're in a groundhog day here in Thailand where every day is the same in relation to what they're talking about. Again, today they're discussing we have to learn to live with COVID. I remember hearing that a year ago. And since then, they've done nothing but the opposite of living with COVID. It's called living with fear of COVID. That's what they have been doing. And we're back at that all again. I was recently watching the Ireland versus Wales rugby game on television And it was so refreshing to see a stadium full to capacity of people enjoying themselves without a single mask on and not a care in the world. Only care they had was whether or not their team would win the game or not. And Thailand is nowhere near that kind of freedom right now. And I do fear that if they continue this talk, this very this slow motion, you hear the health minister discussing that, well, we're not going to take all the restrictions away at karaoke bars and clubs and bars are still not going to be allowed open. I hate to tell you, minister, every bar and club in Phuket is open. And Pattaya too. Bangkok. They're all open. COVID is still around. And it's okay. People are earning a living. Not great because there's a lack of tourists because of your test and go program that you brought in that's deterring tourists, but it does happen. So bars and clubs are not worried about you. If you go to all these small provinces, karaoke bars are open. 100%. So he really is not on top of what he's talking about. And it's unfortunate. Thailand need to start speeding along to a point that Europe is at, where restrictions have been removed. People are being told you can get on with your life. People can freely come in and out of the country as they want. And they're the things that will make Thailand speed up their recovery, both financially in terms of the economy and for the people themselves to get that uplift that they need. But as always, guys, I'd love your opinion in all of this. Do you think these ideas of travel bubbles are just nonsense? Do you think they're good ideas? Do you think it's time all restrictions are lifted? I'd love to know your opinion as always, guys, down below in that comment section. 
And touching on something we mentioned in the previous story, after two years of closed borders, Australia welcomes the world back. Australia said on Monday it will reopen its borders to vaccinated travellers this month, ending two years of misery for the tourism sector, reviving migration and injecting billions of dollars into the world number 13 economy. The move effectively caused time on the last main component of Australia's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, which it has attributed to relatively low death and infection rates. The other core strategy, stop-start lockdowns, was shelved for good in December. The country has taken steps in recent months to relax border controls, like allowing in skilled migrants and quarantine-free travel arrangements, that is travel bubbles, with select countries like New Zealand. But the reopening, which takes effect on February 21, represents the first time since March 2020 that people can travel to Australia from anywhere in the world as long as they are fully vaccinated. If you're double vaccinated, we look forward to welcoming you back to Australia, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said at a media briefing in Canberra. The tourism industry, which has relied on the domestic market that has itself been heavily impacted by the movement restrictions, welcomed the decision which comes three months before Morrison is due to face an election. Over the two years since the borders have been closed, the industry has been on its knees, said Australian Tourism Export Council Managing Director Peter Shelley by phone. Now we can turn on our collective efforts towards rebuilding an industry that is in despair, he added. Tourism and Transport Forum CEO Margie Osmond said the industry was thrilled by the reopening but could need coordination to ensure Australia was competitive as a destination. It's not as simple as just turning on the tap and we see numbers of international tourists back where they were pre-COVID, she said. International and domestic tourism losses since the start of the pandemic totaled $101.7 Australian dollars according to Government Body Tourism Research Australia. International travel spending in Australia plunged from $44.6 billion in the 2018-19 financial year to $1.3 billion in the 2021 financial year. Shares of tourism-related stocks soared as investors cheered the prospect of a return to profit growth. Shares of the country's main airline Qantas Airways jumped 5%, while shares of travel agent Flight Centre Travel Group Limited surged 8%. Qantas CEO Alan Joyce said in a statement that the company was looking at flight schedules to determine ways to restart flights from more international locations soon. As elsewhere in the world, Australian COVID cases have soared in recent weeks due to the Omicron variant, which medical experts say may be more transmissible but less virulent than previous strains. But more than 9 in 10 Australians aged over 16 fully vaccinated, new cases and hospitalisations appear to have slowed, the authorities said. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Katu Municipality Offices Temporary Closed for COVID Clean The Municipality Offices in Katu will be temporarily closed for two days, from today until Thursday, in order for thorough cleaning to be conducted in line with COVID-19 health and safety measures. Firefighters remain on watch in Nyharn. Rawai Municipality firefighters are maintaining a close watch on the area at Lem Krating that caught a blaze on Saturday to ensure no further outbreaks of wildfires on the steep slopes. And finally, Phuket's Nita crowned Miss Thailand. Manita Nita Duankam Farmer, 25, who was born and raised in Phuket, has been crowned Miss Thailand 2022. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, 
and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.